Welcome to a Better Divorce podcast where we have conversations about the emotional, financial, and legal issues that are on your mind or should be on your radar if your goal is to keep your divorce out of court. I'm collaborative divorce attorney and mediator Andrea Vaca, and I know that how you divorce matters to your long-term well-being. That's why it's my mission to help you have a better divorce with as little acrimony as possible so that you can create the best life possible on the other side of your marriage. Hi, everyone. It's Andrea Vaca, and I'm happy to have Dave Edwards with me today here on the Better Divorce podcast. David is the founder of Heron Wealth, a New York City-based wealth advisory firm that provides financial planning, investment advice, and tax and estate planning services to his clients and families living in the United States, Latin America, and Europe. David, welcome to a Better Divorce podcast. Good morning, Andrea. So I'm really looking forward to our discussion today about investing after divorce. Um, what I've seen, and I think we've both seen, is that all many marriages, one partner takes the lead in investing during the marriage. And at the end of the marriage, the other um, partner doesn't really know what they've been spending, what they own, what they owe. Uh, they're just really, they don't know how the money has been invested, and they don't know what's coming in, going out. And they, they now need long-term financial planning for the rest of their life. And they have assets and what to do with all that money, right? So um, I'm sure that you have many stories um, about clients that you've worked with who weren't financially sophisticated during the marriage, um, didn't really understand it all during the divorce, and now they have money to invest. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know, any, any stories you can share that would help us understand, you know, what you see and maybe what people should or shouldn't do and how they can be helped, you know, right. after the, after the marriage is over. Yeah. Marriage is absolutely a partnership and partnerships succeed when people divide up the tasks between themselves. So one person is the finance expert. One person is the child care expert. One person is the health expert. One person is the vacation planner. And then all of a sudden you're divorced and all of a sudden, you know, the finance person needs to acquire child care skills and the, the, the child care person needs to acquire financial skills. Um, I'm going to tell a story of one of our clients. I'm going to disguise the names and places for obvious reasons. Um, about um, six years ago, I got a phone call from a young man, and he said, I'm not calling on behalf of myself. I'm calling on behalf of my mother, who's in a bit of a financial pickle. And I said, well, well, tell me the story. Well, it turned out she had been um, the, the wife of a very successful and powerful uh, New York City uh, investor. And when they had divorced 10 years earlier, she got a chunk of money, and she got alimony. And 10 years had gone by and the alimony money was coming to an end and all the selling money was gone. And she was actually really approaching bankruptcy. It was a bad situation. So, um, so we brought her in for our first meeting, herself and her son. And I asked them to explain the whole situation. And they told me the whole story. Um, and then I said, well, did you have any financial advisors along the way? And she said, oh, absolutely. This guy sold me insurance. That guy bought, sold me a house. Somebody else sold me something else. And I go, oh yeah, I understand. Those weren't advisors, those were salespeople. And salespeople, if they're in the business of selling uh, it, hammers, every problem looks like a nail. So uh, we did an inventory of her uh, resources and we found that she had a big insurance policy she didn't need, so we liquidated that. She also had a lot of real estate uh, in New York and, and Florida and Pennsylvania. And so we went through a process of valuing that real estate, bringing in outside experts 
to liquidate the the um, the the real estate, get rid of that cost, mm-hmm. also free up some cash to live on. Now there was one other asset that she had, which was kind of a ticklish asset. She she co-owned a property with her ex-husband, and um, the ex-husband had no obligation to sell that property unless he wanted to. And she was the junior partner; she couldn't compel him. So I said, "All right, so this is your crown jewel. We're going to put this in a little drawer." And, and, and see what we can do to, to get you out of this. And then I brought in one of our litigator experts and we, we pulled apart the divorce decree and examined every single nuance and wargamed in advance what we would do if this property ever came up for sale. And then the investor guy got into a little financial trouble himself and called me up and said, hey Dave, uh, listen, uh, I'd love to sell that property. What I wanna do is give my ex-wife 20% and I'll keep the rest. And I go, that's not what your divorce decree says. <laughs> your divorce decree says that you get 75% and you get 25%. And he goes, well, forget it. I'm not going to sell. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then things got worse and worse and worse for him financially. And, and finally he came back to us and, um, and we, 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 had, we, actually, we actually had lined up a buyer for the property as well. The buyer was champing to buy the property and, and uh, we just wouldn't budge on this one issue. And so finally the guy folded and um, she got 75% and he got 25%. And that money became a pot of money that will support her lifestyle for the rest of her life and give a good chunk to her kids. Amazing. And it's all because she had the right advisor with the right list of professionals to truly go big picture on her situation and come up with the best possible outcome. Right, because when she came to you, she had nothing liquid. She had and nothing yeah. liquid. Okay. She and was so, borrowing money on credit cards just to pay her grocery bill. Unbelievable. So someone who really was wealthy on paper yeah. and, and had a good deal in her divorce and, yeah. and she was getting half the assets or whatever the assets were, she was getting a large chunk. It sounds like millions and millions and millions of dollars. It was millions and millions. And if she, had, if she had been able to hire us 10 years earlier when she first divorced, none of this ever would have been an issue. But you have to play the cards that you're dealt. And now this is where we are uh, 10 years later. Right. So it sounds like you really were the quarterback here. You know, you really is, could see it like you said, the big picture. That is exactly right. You and I are of the era that remember the old Mission Impossible series. And at the start of every episode, after Mr. Phelps got the little tape, he would go into a folder and pick out who is the Mission Impossible team for this particular project. And that's what we did. We have we have in-house resources, but we also have out, outside experts. And we bring in the right team, get everybody lined up. And, you know, it was hilarious. The, the, the husband had no idea what he was facing until it was too late. <laughs> right. He thought she was going to be the same pushover he had during exactly. the divorce. And for, you know, for the first time in her life, the spouse, the wife, actually won versus her husband. She was thrilled with that alone. Bravo. You know, during, as when we help our clients divorce, if this person had been our client, we would have had that team together prior. We would have been advising them to have their own advisor, their own investment advisor, if they didn't have one yet, make sure they're consulting with somebody so that they're looking long-term. How will this work? Will you be able to afford your lifestyle? Um, the team approach is so important during the divorce, after the divorce, maybe before a divorce. You know, her her lawyer for her divorce was so bad. I wondered if he was in the pay of the ex-husband. Oh my! Well, that that wouldn't be the first time that's happened. Yeah. I have seen that um, with some people have come back years and years later, and they showed me the agreement, and 
It's like that, that attorney clearly was not representing your interests. They were clearly working for your husband. Who was paying them? You know, what was their relationship? Yeah. Not the first time. So, you know, based on this type, on the clients that you've worked with, you know, the clients, people who are listening to this uh, podcast, watching this podcast, are people who are considering divorce or in the middle of a divorce. So what advice would you have for what not to do? What have you seen clients that you're working with, how they might have harmed themselves or not helped themselves during the divorce process that ends up putting them in a worse financial position than they no. should have been? What? Yeah, not, not every one of my clients has the luxury of being able to squander millions before they get to the right solution. More commonly, our clients have a million or two and a half million. Um, and the, the number one mistake I see during divorce is that the, you know, one spouse or both spouses just decide they're going to fight every single issue till the very end. <laughs> at which point there's no assets left at all. <laughs> the attorneys have them. The attorneys. And then the attorneys settle. And I, I have known families that had to liquidate the kids' college accounts and sell off the family home and run their 401ks down to zero just to get through the divorce process. So I always tell clients there's there's three ways to divorce. One is the mediated approach, which you're very familiar with because that's what you do. Um, it's easy. It's cheap. Uh, it's fast. But both parties have to agree. Once one client decides to not mediate anymore, then you go to the second level of, of divorce, which is the somewhat litigated divorce. That's what I went through in, in, in my first marriage. Um, and you'll it would cost more and take longer, but you'll still come out mostly intact. The third level is that, you know, never going to let this thing go until our financial resources are exhausted. And that's just the worst possible outcome. I had a client who was five years into his divorce, and it was a terrible situation because he had all the wealth. So under New York state law, he was obliged to pay for his legal expenses and her legal expenses. So the lawyers just kept going back around and around and around. They were loving it, you know? Right. Um, and I finally wrote him a letter and said, dear client, this divorce is robbing you of your own money and your child's money. What can you do to resolve this quickly? And he took that letter to the judge and the judge said, settle this thing tomorrow. And it was done. Five years, one letter, done. And if that's, you know, that's part of our in, in our work as wealth advisors is to, oh, my God, we've been down this road before. In my case, I've been through the divorces of 25 clients plus my own, right? We've been down this road before. Here's what you can do to short circuit the process and save yourself some money. Right. So the best piece of advice you have there is don't fight just to, for fighting's sake. Yeah. See where there's where you have some room to negotiate. Yeah. Um, you know, we we do mediate, as you mentioned. There's this other option, though, before mediate, if mediation is not the right process and before the litigation, even if it's a fairly amicable litigation, is that collaborative process. Yeah. So yep. staying out of court, having attorneys that are both very settlement oriented, aren't going to, you know, make um, just make this a fight because they're yep. benefiting. It's giving them money and, you know, their kids are going to go to private school, yep. <laughs> even if you have to pull your private school funds out. Yeah and send your yeah. kids to college. So um, that's always an option. Anything else that you've seen other than the, the unnecessary fighting? Yeah, that's, that's the main thing. Um, you know, the, the kind of clients that we work with in, in the olden days, you know, the, the husband would have a secret business or a secret family or something. <laughs> and that's just not possible anymore. We, we, we know everything and see everything. Um, I mean, divorce is, the only thing worse than divorce is death. And it's, it's particularly brutal on the person who didn't want to get divorced in the first place, that was me. I, I, no one was more surprised than I was. 
Um, and I just sought out, you know, uh, a therapist I worked with on another issue years before and, and, and just talked it through with him, you know, and he said, yeah, this marriage is over. That's the reality of the situation. Can you, you know, find it in your way to make it as painless as possible? And I did. And, right. uh, my, my outcome was terrific. I got custody of the kids and, and child support. <laughs> Good, I know. Was the infinite surprise of my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted the divorce. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, except, and that's another great tip, you know, coming to the realization as soon as possible, dealing with your emotions, dealing with your, what just happened? I, I didn't know things were so bad, right? That yeah. we hear that a lot, yeah. but if you can accept it, that this other person no longer wants to be married to you, then you're going to be able to make better decisions, better financial decisions, legal decisions, because yep. you're managing your emotions. Yeah. And there is good news. On the far side, life gets very interesting. Uh, yeah, I was married for 25 years, divorced at age 50. Well, now what? I'm 50 years old. I'm single. I'm financially well off. What can I do? Where can I go? And it was really entertaining. And, and now I'm happily remarried again. Yes, you are. I know you are. Um, so let's see. So when if somebody were listening to this and, and you know, they, they were in the position where their spouse was kind of you know, the person who, who had the relationship with their with their investment advisor, their wealth advisor, um, their bankers, whoever, you know, whoever they helped them. And now they're looking for somebody new. Yep. They're looking for somebody to help advise them individually or invest their money. Yep. And what do you do? You know, yep. how do you go about finding there, that person? Because there. there are so many of you out there. Like That's for sure. But there is good news. Aside from our firm, there are a number of firms, particularly in New York City, that specialize in um, divorced women. Particularly the divorced women that were not the, the, the financial people. And they're usually women-run firms with women staff, and a much kinder, gentler way of, of dealing with financial affairs than um, most. We happen to have a number of divorcees among our clients because although I'm a hard-nosed numbers guy, I'm also very sympathetic to other people's problems. Um, and, um, and then I've got other um, advisors here as well who are very sympathetic to um, someone in an uncomfortable situation and are willing to take the time to educate. It, yeah, I always used to say that if if you wanted to build a house and you met with an architect and before you could say, where the architects are rolling out blueprints, you'd be like, you're fired. You don't know if I want a colonial or a ranch or a Victorian or a, or a two-car garage or a three-car garage or a putting green or a pool. You don't know anything about me. How come you're showing me blueprints? And it's the same reaction I get when I hear someone says, oh, you're divorced. You should look at our ETF strategy or you should look at our... Um, our annuity strategy, or you should look at our opportunity zone strategy. Well, that, that's that's the solution before we even know what the problem is. So, um, so basically, you know, look for look for firms that specialize in divorcees. Look for firms like ours, which have killer Google reviews. Uh, you know, I think we're the highest ranked firm in New York City based on Google reviews because we've significantly transformed families' lives for the better. Not just divorcees, but other other uh, families moving up through the stages of life. Right. So what do you do at that first meeting that would set you apart? And I want to just be clear. It's not always the woman who isn't the financially savvy person, you know, or partner. Absolutely correct. Have, absolutely we correct. Have, 
Yeah, there's men too. Um, you know, everyone, like you said, everyone has a role in their relationship, in their marriage, and it's not good or bad. And it's not, and, and more and more I'm seeing men who they yep. may be making more, but they don't really know, they're not really financially savvy. They just yeah. may know how to make money. You know these statistics as well as I do. The families, the, the couples that they're most likely to stay together, the husband makes slightly more than the wife. And the families more likely to divorce are where the husband makes significantly more than the wife. And the most at risk is where, you know, the wife makes more than the husband. And then also you have gay couples now, and that is a whole other dynamic. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's it, you know, I, I have a couple of client families where the husband says, look at my wife, she's making so much money, what's the point, and who's going to take care of the kids? Well, that person would be the person at risk in, in a divorce. Right. So if so, so if somebody comes to you, not the financially sophisticated spouse, what do you, what do you do to find out what, you know, to, you know, play the role of the financial architect here? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you? What are you and mostly terrified of financial advisors because mostly they think we're the wolf of Wall Street, that movie. And I laugh because I started my job on Wall Street three years before Jordan Belfort. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember those days. I mean, that's pretty nuts. But it's been a couple of decades since you know anybody you, you work with on Wall Street is a sleaze, those people have long been weeded out. Um, at our firm, we actually have on our website the six steps it takes to become one of our, our clients. And the first step is the hot topic conversation. Why are you calling us today? And sometimes it's divorce, and sometimes it's childcare, and sometimes it's aging parents, and sometimes it's a second home, it's retirement. What is the hot topic today? Why did you call us? And then in the olden days, we'd hand out a eight-page questionnaire and ask people to fill it out. No one has time for that anymore. True. So in the course of that hot topic conversation, we'll get as much basic information as we can, type into our computer. Kind of like when you go for your annual physical, the doctor's just typing stuff right into the computer or the, or the RN. Um, and that's what we call um, the base case plan. What's, what do we know so far? Might be 80% of the available data. And then a few weeks later, we'll take the client through the first review. And we'll show them what we've learned about them, show them our technology, show them that we've heard them, so important, and also show them they can start asking what if questions already. Like, well, what if I'm getting $20,000 a month in alimony and the apartment I want to get is $10,000 a month, can I afford that apartment? Maybe, maybe not, right? If that's your only income, $20,000, then you have a problem. If, you're, if that's $20,000 on top of your six-figure salary as a law partner, well, then, then it's fine, you know, and, and we can, you know, most people can't imagine more than six months into the future. We can show people five years, 10 years, 30 years into the future. Um, so that's what we call the first review conversation. That's, that's part six. Um, if someone says that they want to hire us at that point, and usually they do, uh, we say, great, awesome. Uh, we have a 14 page advisory agreement. It's plain English. You can cancel it at any time, but this conversation is creating rights and responsibilities on both sides. We need you to know exactly uh, what we mean by financial planning, um, investing, tax planning, estate planning. We need to see all these disclosures. If you sign that, great. We'll go on to the next step where we actually um, go through a process of clarifying and simplifying someone's financial life. People have accounts all over the place, a little 401k they forgot about, seven checking accounts for some reason. We go through a process of clarifying and consolidating and getting into as few accounts as possible where each account has a specific purpose. This is my checking account for my, my, my monthly expenses. This is my my retirement account that I won't be touching for 20 years. This is the account I need for my kid's college in five years. And we we assign each account its own purpose and its own investment strategy. 
And then we complete the onboarding process, uh, update the financial plan, and then schedule the three-month, six-month, 12-month check-in, and then do it all over again next year, usually every year. But what I like most about our technology these days is that our financial plan is continuously updated with live data. So in the olden days, we'd have to go back to spreadsheets and update tons of stuff by hand before we can answer a question. And these days, people can call us whenever they feel like it. Like a client called me 10 minutes ago. He needs money for his tax bill this year. Yeah, click, 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 go, go, go. Here's your answer. Uh, uh, people, people do not have time anymore for long, complicated explanations. They just want their problems solved. Right. Right. So um, you're, it sounds like you're not giving any advice about what to do until obviously until they retain you. So that first meeting is really about them and what you're seeing and what you're identifying and and talking about their concerns and why you can see why they're concerned or maybe that they don't need to be concerned at that moment. You know, it could go either way. Correct. But then what to the do. The plan leads the investment plan. The okay. investment plan cannot be done until the financial plan is done. Right. So anyone trying to sell those annuities or insurance policies or you know, and annuities have their purpose. Sure. And, and if we think it's appropriate, we'll loop in an annuity salesperson. But, but before you know, the annuity person, not the client. <laughs> right. Before you know what the need is and what the yep. concerns are. Okay. Um, all right. So, um, are there any like common fears that you hear? Um, you know, fr from people after divorce uh, that you know, that you help with, uh, that you can help alleviate, you know? The, the common fear of every client of ours is this, will I be okay? Mm -hmm. And I totally get it. You know, being a financial planner, being an investment expert is not a skill that we learn in high school. Uh, frankly, it's a skill that most people never touch. And so where things are super obvious to me for the next 30 years, because I've been doing this for 45 years. <laughs> it's not obvious to the average person. And what I love the most about my job is taking fear and converting it into joy. Because before I was afraid I would run out of money and be homeless. And now I'm joyful because I know I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be able to travel in retirement. I can leave money for my kids. Everything's going to be fine. Fear to joy. Oh, that's a, that, I love that image from fear to joy and what you can do with that, you know, yeah. the different, the, that vacation now you can take, yeah. you know, the, 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 um, the life that you can live, the apartment you can live in, the home, whatever it is, yeah. to not live in fear. My favorite concluding question at the end of every client meeting is, how do you feel right now? And if the client says, I feel great, then I know I've succeeded. And if they feel uncertain, I go, okay, well, we're not done yet. We're going to keep going until you feel great. <laughs> right. You're not going to just like, you cross your fingers and think you did your job and you hurt and that, you know, you're doing everything you can do, but they might not still be there yet. So, no. yeah, I mean, the other thing that's nice is that, you know, when you see your accountant, it's, it's once a year. When you see your divorce attorney, it's hopefully once in a lifetime, <laughs> maybe twice, maybe three times if you're bad at it. Um, your financial advisor is going to be there for every critical money decision you make for the next 30 years. And you know, for us now, we've gone from working with matriarchs and patriarchs to their adult children in their 50s. Now we're working with, with um, the third generation of wealth. And you know, two of my clients that are, are 30 years old had their first children this year. I'm like, oh my God, I remember even you were only like five years old. <laughs> How can you possibly have a baby? <laughs> 
Oh. oh my goodness. So what any advice you have for those people that are just getting married and having children as long as Freed up. You need Freed a prenup. Prenup. <laughs> and most of your clients getting prenups these days? They are. they are. I back in nineteen eighty nine, my first wife and I, we had a prenup and that was because I was marrying into a very wealthy family. And I had no illusions about how much pain and suffering I'd face if we ever divorced. Exactly what happened. Um, but that prenup kept my business to me, her business to her, my real estate to me, her real estate to her. We didn't even have a joint checking account. So the only topic of conversation was custody of the kids and child support. And that was resolved you know, pretty quickly. We were done in about nine months, which as you know, in New York City is, is pretty fast. Um, but most, you know, these days, uh, our families, when they do get married, they're already into their mid thirties, even their forties. And they already have professional careers behind them and they've got accumulated assets, 401ks. You need to separate those assets out, declare them as premarital assets. And then um, and then also intellectual property, right? Someone happens yeah. to be a playwright or someone happens to be a patent holder. We need to define that. And as as and when whenever the clients rebel and say, Oh my god, this is so unromantic, I go, it's totally unromantic. You know, you know, else is not romantic marriage. Marriage is not about love. It's about a business partnership. <laughs> you're going to get married. You're going to have assets. You're going to have children. You're going to have property. All right. You would never launch into any other business partnership without some paperwork. Same thing here. Don't take it personally. Absolutely. Now, we do have a situation sometimes where one person is like, oh, yeah, I'm a hedge fund guy and I'm all about prenups. And their person is, well, I am first generation going to college and I'm terrified of this prenup thing. Um, and so then you have to counsel them a fair bit and and, and, uh, and tell them, hey, here's how it works. This is the process. Oh, hey, audience, um, Andrea did my prenup for the second, uh, my second marriage. <laughs> I did. I did. It was a wonderful and experience working with you. It was me. a very smooth, easy process because my my wife, who's also a financial advisor, uh, she chose the trust and estate attorney. And then we had Andrea on the prenup side and they got together to resolve all of the second uh, marriage issues because um, I have two, two children from the first marriage. She has nieces and nephews. Uh, we need to figure out a process to handle all that. Um, and then having done the prenup, it rolled right into the estate plan. And what I loved working about with you um, is that you, it, it was very, what I call conscious coupling. You've heard of unconscious coupling yeah. for divorce. Well, what we do with helping our clients that when they will allow it and can do this with their form, uh, future spouse is um, a conscious coupling. I gave you advice. We talked about your concerns, about your what your goals were, what your your fiance's goals were. Mm -hmm. And then you would have conversations with her yeah. and you two would get on as much of the same page, let the attorneys know where there were some sticky areas, what you needed mm -hmm. advice on. And we it was so nice to work with the two of you. It was like just this very, um, it was a team approach, really, the four of us. Working. Yeah, it absolutely was. We were building a house. Yes. And, and you guys were the architects. Yeah, it was nice. The, so. the, night, the nightmare scenario was when, you know, the spouse, when the one spouse gets a prenup three weeks before the, the wedding from the other spouse and it's 600 pages long. Okay, um, fail automatically. That prenup is automatically invalid. But I actually knew, knew a, a situation where the, the, the bride called up the wedding. She's like, oh, my gosh, you're going to treat me this shabbily before we even get married. Pff, I'm out. <laughs> We've so, seen it happen. Uh, like, do, not, do not treat that prenup future husbands as wives as some sort of combative thing. It's got to be a partnership. Don't do that. Right. All right. Well, Dave, I really appreciate your time. And look, the last thing I ask all my um, guests is if you have a better divorce tip 
So if I were to ask you that, what would you say is your one better divorce tip? I'm, I'm going to give a, a pre a, a pre marriage tip and a post marriage tip. The pre marriage tip is yeah, get a prenup, just do it. Uh, Five thousand, ten thousand dollars, whatever, just do it. Um, the post marriage tip is hey, even if one partner takes the lead on finances, the other partner should be on every single email. And even when like one partner emails me, I always email both partners back. Um, and I, I mean, because you, the worst case scenario for me is that one partner feels like I'm ganging up against him or her again, you know, and supporting the other partner. And, you know, I've been through 25 divorces of my clients. I've retained all but three, both sides, because I was even handed coming into the, into the, into the divorce and even handed through the divorce. And then after it was over, I said, there's now a Chinese wall. I will not dis discuss back and forth their situations. And then people trust me and they, and they stay with my firm. And your better divorce tip for the for those who are um, not yet or maybe contemplating divorce or maybe happily married and are listening to this, uh, start getting involved with the um, financial advisor. Under have, have as much of a be on some emails, have a, a some kind of relationship so you know what's going you on. You got to be on the emails. You got to go to the meetings, even if it, you feel like it's over your head. It doesn't matter that you need to have as good a relationship with the advisor as the other partner. Right, right. So you're you can be well as well informed as possible for and create your own new financial future. Correct. Great. Well, thank you so much, David, for joining me today. Oh, pleasure. Um, what's the best way to reach you. Uh, David Edwards. Um, and then uh, the website is Heron, H-E-R-O-N, wealth.com. And my direct line is 347-580-5288. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, this has been another episode of A Better Divorce Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode. You've been tuning in to another episode of A Better Divorce Podcast with Andrea Vaca. Thank you for subscribing, leaving your positive comments and reviews, and sharing the show with others. You can watch episodes at vacalaw.com, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And you can listen through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Bye for now. And remember, you can have a better divorce.